state can bite and live forever, dude. What was Lestat from what the Vampire? What was that I'm talking movie? About Underworld. That's I, I, yeah. That interview with Vampire. Interview with good, Vampire, yeah. oh, dude. Done. Time. Texas versus Carolina barbecue. Easy. Carolina. Sweet. Awesome vinegar. Kills Texas barbecue. That has to do with where you're born, man. Plain and simple, right? Well, if that were the case, then I'd love like Cuban barbecue or whatever. But I yeah, that's good barbecue too. But it doesn't hold a candle (laughs) to Texas barbecue. I think it. I. I, What it is is nothing holds a candle to Texas barbecue, just like you just said, right? I got it. I twisted it, right? Shoot, I lost. I I lost my own argument on that one. (laughs) Time. Question number four: Dickies versus Carhartt debate. Dickies. Hands down. For what? Because here, let me, hear me out. Are you out of your mind? Here's what, here's what, you can do a full work day, right? I, when I work, when I pulled beer on my cousin's beer truck. Hold on, I I pulled beer off my my cousin's beer trucks and I wore dickies, right? Uh, And then you can't can't slack car hearts off your ass. When I, when I finish, I would throw on my Chuck Taylors, put on my chain wallet, grease back my hair in a, in a, and a white beater, and I could go to a punk rock chop. I, so Dickies have style, bro. Carhartt, I dig that no style, style, man. I, I have. You're, if, when you bring Carhartt into the whole deal, man, that's a work. That's a working thing. Like outside on the rigs, just gnarly. Ah. Time. Question number five. Best A team member. Original TV show. Go. Best A team member. All oh, original TV show. Face. Face. You man. a face man? Oh, I love face man. I, I like face man. Because <laughs> he's like us. That's uh, yeah, Corbin, yeah, dude. Face too, man. <laughs> yeah. Question number six. Alien versus Predator. Oh, that's tough. Good one, man, yeah. That's hard. I'm a Predator guy because of the... You are a Predator I, I, guy. Remember, because I, I want to dress up like Predator. Lord, you, well, you just once. said we were going to go I get am. costumes for like $1,000 each. I hope we better own that stuff. It don't cost that much. Well, you better be wearing that every Halloween for the next. I wear it every Halloween (laughs) for the next twenty years. I'll wear it on the damn show. I I have to say, you know, because those are great. Hey, man, they those they turn that into a hell of a fight deal because each one of their defense mechanisms offset the other. Oh, and it's it's literally who makes a mistake. I just think that Alien is just. I mean, he can. I mean, he's bad. He is. Yeah, Alien is just vicious. He's just, he's just bad, dude. When that when he pops out of his stomach I, in the first mm, one, God, who invented the damn face sucker? What a horrible <laughs> mental. I mean, just Image. to know that that exists on TV is disturbing, right? And it's got to be out there for real. Yeah, it's coming at you with the deals going. Time. Final question: College versus professional football. Oh, that's easy. College. College. Hands down. Hands down. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I love pro football because I love what it takes to get there. I love the performance. It'd be like saying, you know, there is a a definitive difference. For personal enjoyment watching, I love to watch kids, still idealistic. But pro football, there's something amazing about it, right? I mean, there's something. They're pros. They're pros. Well, to me, it's tough to to compare those two because they are the, the pros, the pros. They're and, the best of the best. And in college, man, it's the it's the whole atmosphere. Yeah, right. That that town, and, and the same way with the pro teams, the, the the cities get behind them. But I mean, the you know as well as I do, the college towns, man. Even if you're from one of them, 
Penn State, dude, one of the biggest Even in the if, country. If you're from a college that, that no one hangs around at on the weekends, man, they go to the football games. Brother, Penn State would go from 85,000 people to half a million people on, on football weekends. It was insane. Oh, so, yeah, man. But, uh, but pro, I'm saying there's something unique about how the far they've pushed their profession, and that's why I'm so stoked for this show because we've got an amazing guy who literally came from that small school that you're talking about Right in the NAIA. Oh yeah, and got the opportunity. And well, that's went, my, man, even at them small schools, they get it on. Oh, national champion! Dude. I mean, and, and and he worked his ass off because of this amazing, incredible work ethic that he has. And I can't find wait to find out where that came from. But you know, and he got to one of the biggest teams in NFL, which is Dallas Cowboys. So let's bring him on the show. Without further ado, let's get old Patrick Creighton on now, huh? All right, Marcus, I just got to tell you right now, bro, I, I, I have to let you know, and I and I said a little bit of a lead up, I talked a lot about my passion for football myself, so the fact that this guest, our first official true football player that's coming on, <laughs> I am unbelievably fired up, brother. Texas boy. And, yes, and he's the Texas boy. That, so mean, I, that actually means something to us. Oh, I know it does, and it means something to me, too. It means something, too. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Patrick Creighton, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on here. Well, We, we sound like we got to give you some decaffeinated. <laughs> it's like, hey, this isn't an act. This like this all the time. He's really fired up like this. <laughs> hey, you know, he does drink a lot of coffee, though, man. That is a great point. <laughs> so now I'm going to get weaned off coffee, right? I'll shoot somebody if somebody takes my coffee away from me. All right, so Patrick, what we do but to just get loosened up so you can get a, a feel for us as, as, as just a couple of mugs trying to find out what the meaning of the never quit mindset is about, we're going to fire off what we call the mad minute at you. We're going to fire some fun questions. Okay. Just shooting them at you back and forth. First thing that pops in your mind, just go ahead and, and, and send them out to us. Roger that? You got it. All right, go ahead, Marcus. Fire away. First car. First car, 84 Honda Accord. Nice, the Accord We had again. a Camry the other day. We had a Camry. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love it. I love it. All right, what is your all-time favorite sports team? Dallas Cowboys, sir. All right, that makes sense. That hurt your feelings? <laughs> it did hurt my feelings. I thought he was going to say something else. Maybe the Houston Oilers. I, mean, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm born. I'm born and raised. I'm born and raised in Dallas. So I know, man. He's I, like, I grew yeah. up in it. So that's like that's like that's a, that's another thing. It that's is another Texas thing. It is a Texas thing. <laughs> in Florida, you know, we don't have like a a real Florida team. Everything's all spread out, right? And and Miami is the right. team yeah. you love to hate. If I could play on any team, it'd be Miami. <laughs> Just to live down there, though. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you imagine. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if Miami's a team that you love to hate because technically they haven't won anything since 72. <laughs> that was before I was born, so I don't That's know if I love to hate them. You love to play there, but I don't know if you love to hate them. Right. I want Detroit to win a World's. Aren't you that? I mean. Yeah, I, I cheer for the underdog for sure all the time. We're way but... past the underdog with them guys. They're snake bit. Oh, they You're are. Right? <laughs> right? They, they are. They're snake bit. That hurts. Yeah, yeah. That hurts. They're, that hurts a lot. They're the underdog of the underdog. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they're under the dog. Patrick. It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> favorite uh, helmet. Remember I told you that? <laughs> favorite helmet. All right. All right. Uh, let's stop beating uh, up on uh, Miami. Uh, uh, Next sorry. question. Next yeah, question. Uh, 
All right. Hey, you know, Dwayne's from, he's a big Miami guy, man. He's a hurricane, too. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. So well, I love, mad love for yeah, them, Yeah, but that was a different thing, man. I loved going to hurricane games when Florida State and all that. Different thing, man. But going down to Miami, and especially when Dan Marino was playing, back when I was still playing. Big Dan. It was like, he was my idol, because, you know, but they never won. So, I'm, we're going we're gonna to leave Miami. Loved him and Ace Ventura, by the way. <laughs> all right. Hey, Patrick, you ready, brother? Favorite, favorite superhero. Favorite superhero? Oh wow! Uh, ooh, I don't know if I have one, dude. Uh, the Flash. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. I think nice. that's the first one on that one. All Flash. right, if if you could pick anybody's brain in history, like sit down, spend a couple hours with them, chatting with them, talk to them, whose brain would you like to pick? Oh wow! Uh, it'd probably be either Muhammad Ali or Gandhi. Ooh, good ones. I dig it. You'd be there for a while with Gandhi, man. Oh, my God. Right? Yes, you yeah, would. Yeah, I know it. I know it. He's deep, right? He's super deep. Man, I can't holly. Man, I, I didn't like it when he died, man. That my was da- tough. My dad, when I watch him, fight, we're getting off. Th- <laughs> that was the only connection I had with my old man, was that watching him was fight. Was watching Ali? Yeah. Really? Love to talk about <laughs> Ali fights. Really? Weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, brother. Movie character you like to play out in real life. So if you could become Ooh, anybody in the movies and play. Oh. Yeah, there you go. I, I got to be Bruce Wayne. He was a billionaire, dude. <laughs> nice. He was, a, he, was a, he, was a, he was a single billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's a great answer. Bruce Wayne, right? It is, I, it's a great answer. I throw Bruce, Bruce Wayne stuff around here all the time. All right. All right. Here you go. What is something, what is one of the best things that you've ever done in your life? Best things I've ever done in my life. Uh, I think number one would be getting my college degree, and number two would be marrying my wife and starting my family. Awesome, awesome, awesome! All right, I gotta know. I, I I ask all the guys this all the time, man. College football or or pros? What do you What do you watch? Ooh, we uh, well, I watch both. Oh, okay. I watch both. Both but, uh, right. You know, I watch. I watch the pro football game a lot differently than I watch the college game. I actually watch the college football game as a true fan. Okay, that's why I was asking, right? Because I ask all the guys when I'm down at Exos all, when yeah. they're coming into the league. I'm like, all right, always remember what you like to watch, yeah. right? College or pros, and then keep that in your head. Stay young. That's for look sure. At, you look at it yeah, differently. Uh, yeah, I'm watching it differently. Yep. So I, I would I would say I think I get more excited, I think, sometimes for the college game than I do the pro game because the pro game – I'm watching and like a lot of the players, you know, because there's free agency and teams and guys leave from team to team and stuff like that in college. Man, that's where you went and that's what you cheer for and that's what you believe, you know, once you leave there. So the whole town is just, I mean, y'all are the gladiators for that town. Everybody shows up to watch them fight the other gladiators, right? In the arena. I mean, I get stoked just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. well, that's a great segue into the next section and, and, you know, one thing we just got to give a shout out to TK from PX3 Sports uh, for hooking us up with you. And just really, you know, we're really thankful for you to come on because one of the awesome things uh, about the show is, you know, the reason why we do this, Patrick, is to show our guests and our, you know, or our listeners out there who, you know, how you discover the never quit attitude, how you realize. Uh, you know, to keep coming back, to never quit, to never get up in the face of all adversity. And, right. and man, when I called TK and I said, Hey, TK, listen, I, 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 we, I need somebody. I need a, I want to, you know, I'd love to have a professional football player that really understood the struggle uh, of coming out of college, getting into the pros, the whole deal, even struggle just 
playing football, the whole deal. And, and he's like, man, I got the perfect guy, Patrick. And he, it was that instantaneous. So, you know, let's get into what the listeners want to hear from you. And, and if you could, can you please sh- share with us your greatest never quit story? You know what? I don't, I don't know if it's a, just a single story. I think it's more of kind of my life in a nutshell from the time after graduation and from high school to, you know, up to now. Uh, you know, a lot of the athletes say that same thing. A lot of the athletes, when we ask them, when Reds ask them that question, and they're like, you know what, man, damn, it's about, it's, it's a lot. So yeah. have at it, brother. Let's hear it. So, so I'll give you the shorter version versus the longer version. Because the longer version, we need to sit back and, and have drinks and cocktails and yeah, maybe right. some steak or something like that to hear the longer version. That's so, a given. That's a given. Yeah, short version. Uh, coming out of high school, recruited. Uh, I signed with Texas Tech coming out of high school. Well, because I didn't, you know, take care of my books when I was in high school. Uh, you know, I just tried to do just enough to try to get by. I didn't. It didn't work out, basically. You know, test scores were great, but Texas Tech decided, you know, send him to JUCO. Let him get his GPA up, everything, and stuff like that. Get some experience. You know, it'd be good. Get just to the college life. So I decided late that I was going to go ahead and go to Tyler Junior College. I think I decided, like, literally, probably, like, in July. Oh, wow. And by that time, you know, they were you know they were done with their scholarships and stuff. Like, okay, fine. That's, that's, that's fine. I'll come down there. I'll just go to school for a second, and I'll walk, you know, I'll come on in the spring, not a problem. Well, I got down there basically, man, and I hung out and didn't take care of my books down there basically. Hung out and I chased tail. Basically, that's all it was to it. Uh, I did that in college. So I'm back at home. <laughs> yeah, I'm back at <laughs> Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm back at home the following year, man. I'm back underneath my mom's roof. And, you know, she basically gave me the ultimatum. She was like, if you're going to be here in this house, you're going to work, then you're going to get back to school. It's going to be one or the other. So, you know, I went to work at the time, man, and, you know, I just really just shredded being Ooh, back under my mom's house. You know, you don't have the independence. You got to go back and follow those rules and all that stuff. I, it just really just mentally, it just really just got me. <laughs> when you come back under the river, they're cooking for you, you know, like, hey, what time are you going to be home? Your mom's asking that, right? So it's like back to yeah, the, exactly, being exactly. a boy. I mean, the, yeah. the responsibilities are kind of... Regression. Right, and it starts to eat at you. If, if, right. If the guy who has that yeah. true spirit, a man, a yeah. man it eats at him. Yeah, so it was just, it was just absolutely just like crazy. And then that's, 99 is when I, you know, basically that's when I got saved, actually. Really? Honestly, my, uh, one of my, my best friend. Uh, we started going to this church, Ibach, which is in Dallas, and that's why I really just kind of like opened up because I was, you know, I grew up in the church and everything, but I don't think I ever like listened and like opened up completely. Was it one sermon? Was it one particular? Imp- did it happen over time, or was it an aha? I got to do this. It was just that that aha, just kind of like you have your wake up moment, and like the switch actually goes from off to on. That's cool. And the ears pop open instead of just you're not you're not listening with your eyes by seeing this move. You're actually hearing everything by letting the, the ears open. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I took it in. I got saved, dude, and I was like, I told my mom, uh, I said, I'm going back to school. I don't know where I'm gonna go. I said, I'm going back to school, and wherever I go, I want to go back, get in school, play football. I said, well, regardless, wherever I go, I said, I'm gonna leave there with my degree. Nice. So my my college coach is is crazy how it just kind of how God works. My college my well my high school coach gives me a call. It's summertime. It's probably like June. 
He goes, hey, he goes, you still wanting to go back to school and try to play ball? And I was like, yeah. I said, hey, I said, well, did somebody call you? What's going on? He's like, well, the coach from Northwestern Oklahoma State called me, uh, and they said they're looking for DBs. And people don't understand this. You know, I was coming out of high school. I was a safety. I was recruited at safety. Okay. So he was like, they're looking for DBs. They need a DB. He said, he's interested in you. Uh, he said, I don't know much about the school other than, you know, it's a chance for you to get back to school. They got a good football program. I said, cool. I'm in. Sign me up. I'm in. I didn't take a visit or anything. I said, just let me know when I got to show up, when I got to show up for fall camp. And that's what I did. I showed up for fall camp, man, and I got there uh, first time on campus. And it's a true culture shock because you're coming from Dallas. Huge metropolitan area, and I'm coming to Alva, Oklahoma, <laughs> which is a town of about, I think at that time, maybe 6,000 people. Oh, wow. Oklahoma. So it, was a, it was a true culture shock. I'm coming in, literally, I'm coming down the main street, and people are, like, waving and everything, because I think you, if you get here, you realize that time, like, the only black people that are in the town, actually, are sports people. You know, really? They're, they're athletes. Wow. So it's not like, it's not black people that, like, live in the town. So it was just, you know, they're waving. They're like, okay, you got to play sports. We're going to wave, you know, welcome into town, stuff like that. So mom dropped me off, man, and that started my story of just another chapter in my life when I say it was probably the best decision as far as getting my life going that I've ever made. It was the right decision, the perfect decision, and that's where I, you know, I honestly believe, you know, God's like there's certain places you got to be put in order to do it. And it's not going to always be the place that you think of. It's going to be the place that he wants you at and the place that's, that's needed for you. And this was the place that I needed to be at. Well, the remarkable thing is, and, and it's rare that when you hear somebody describe that that really profound, like, this was the place I belong. This was the place that I, I needed to be. Everything, God paved the role for my success. It's rare in life that you yeah. can see... Uh, how you can quantify that. But in four years, Patrick, you amassed 5,688 all-purpose yards. I mean, so at least from an athletic perspective, you destroyed, you know, what was normal. So how did it translate in your scholastic career and the relationships you made? Was the same amount of success happening all around you? Yeah. It was it was it was crazy because like I said when I told my mom that I was gonna leave with my degree I like truly meant it I wasn't just like blowing smoke cool you know so I finished when I graduated I graduated with three one two wow so, which is huge coming from someone that did you know take care of his books in high school to leave college with a three one two it's amazing uh, and it was just a big thing man it was it was serious I was I was proud to be the first male graduate in my family oh that's awesome what. What I was yeah. thinking about when you when you were talking about that I was like when you so you you're following a path in your life and then you, you hit a kind of a dead end and yeah. it made me think like hey if you ever hit dead ends in life man you didn't finish something training or whatever it was in the yeah. path you were walking to get to there I mean you need to go back and finish it maybe that's why you hit the dead end and when you went back and finished told yourself finish your degree it not only does it catapult you out out of where you're coming from. The kickstart to get back in right, it, right? Because when you're younger and you're coming through and you stop and you don't and you don't finish it and then you go into something else bigger that further down the line. Yeah, you, you follow me? I'm not. I, no, I, no. I, Patrick, the, sometimes I'll hit some some a dead end. <laughs> a dead but end. no. But what what he's saying, what's remarkable to me is that you know it was you know you had hit that dead end, but be, by getting saved 
and having God and Christ in your heart and that conviction you had to get pulled backwards it, a little bit to in go order to get forward, forward right. right is that is it did you did you for, yeah. did did were you still attending church on a regular basis was it still a huge part of your daily routine during that success it, it was it was it was a, it was it was still a big part i was a member here at the school we started fca so that was that was huge that wow. kept me kind of still involved and you know always with other people like minded Right. So that was that was a major thing. One of our coaches had the same type of mindset, and he was like, "He said, you 'You're not. I'm not going to let you falter.' And like the head coach here at the time, Garen Higgins, who's at Emporia State now, uh, he was more like a father figure. Oh wow! So he, you know, he kept me on the straight and narrow, didn't let me slip or anything like that and stuff like that. And I think honestly because he was scared of my mom. <laughs> but you know, he probably so that was that, that was probably a major factor in it. But he was scared, so he was like. I know if I let you slip, your mom is going to be on my butt. So I'm not going to let you slip because I don't want her on my butt. Well, I also, I think the love he had for you and, and cause if he, you know, as a dedicated Christian and he saw, no, your, no, yeah. uh, no it, was, it was his mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. My mother's like her. So, I mean, it's kind of one of deals when, if you, when, when guys say like my mom, man, she might get mad a little bit. Most people's like, Oh, I ain't no big deal. I can't. No, no. When they get mad, you're going to hear about it and, and feel it in a whole wrath. You know, like, it, this is your fault. Yeah. I mean, when a, yep. when a Southern woman lays into it, brother, you, man, you're done. You can't do nothing. That's uh, awesome, man. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, so when you when you got towards, I mean, you you really lit the field up. You you know, I mean, you 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 really came into your own. It seems athletically. I mean, and what you were doing, I mean, to, to be able to, you know, score, you know, touchdowns, passing, receiving, rushing, kickoff and punt returns. I mean, you became really the entirety of the offense, the leader in every way, shape or form, the momentum, the energy. What was it like in that your senior year? And what when did you start to say, wow, maybe I can go to that next step? You know what? Honestly, uh, just to tell you this. I didn't think about it. My junior year, my coach said something about it. And it wasn't even thinking really about, like, the next level. Of course, you know, it's in the back of your mind, and you, you know, okay, whatever. I'm not even thinking about going to the next level. My thing was, you know, at our school, we had built a tradition of of winning. You know, when I was in college, I was part of teams. We went to three national championship games. Wow. We won one. Uh, you know, we lost the other two, but it was about winning. So it was about, you know, how can we keep going? I want to get back to the next championship game my senior year. That's all I had on my mind. All I had on my plate. So that summer before that, like literally, I mean, when I say I busted my butt doing what I had to do, and it was like there was no workout partners or anything. I did everything solo by myself because it was like I'm not, I can't wait on anyone to try to achieve something that I'm trying to achieve. I got to be a self-motivator and a self-starter. That's number one. I try to tell like – Kids, whenever I talk to students and stuff like that, younger kids, high school, junior high, I say, man, you can't depend on this person next to you to do what you need to do. That he can motivate you a little bit and he can kind of push you. I said, but if you can't push yourself without him pushing you, I said, you're not going to achieve because at the end of the day, when you, when you get ready to make a catch, he can't, he can't, he can't, you can't use his hands to catch the football. You can't use his arms and legs to make a tackle. You have to make that yourself. Yeah, that's huge. So what you got to do is you got to get started and be a self-motivator. Your expectations for yourself are never going to be 
they're going to, I'm sorry, not, not, they're always going to be higher than the person that's next to you. Interesting. Expects. They're going to expect certain things, but your expectations are going to always be higher than what they expect from you. Where, where did you first discover where like that, that the clarity of that requirement and how you perform and how you function best, where did you first realize or hear it from someone or like where the light bulb went off saying, Hey, this is on me. I need to be accountable to be elite, to be great. When did that start for you, Patrick? Yeah. 99 when I got saved. That was it. In I that moment. That, that, that a lot of stuff, that was a lot of stuff that was going on in my life had nothing to do with anybody else. It was all on me and decisions that I made and chose to do. Had nothing to do with anybody else. Nothing else nobody else forced me to, to do certain things. It was all the decisions and choices that I made. And then this was it. So I was like, you know what? My decisions and choices, obviously, they got to change because I can't keep doing that. If I'm trying to get somewhere and be successful in life and make my family proud, I can't keep doing that stuff if I want them to be proud of me because it's not going to work. Wow. That's awesome. All right. So you, you, you finish, at, you know, at, in this illustrious career. Tell us what happened next. Uh, 2004. Uh, you know, it's, 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 after the season, it's starting to, you know, prepare for the draft. And, like, it was it was a proud day because I had, like, the largest turnout of scouts uh, I think that we had had in our school history for uh, a pro day. I think there were 18 teams that came oh, wow. uh, to watch me work out that day. And it was crazy because the day they came, you know, God just said, you know, he, you were going to have a rainstorm. You're not going to be able to go outside. You're not going to be able to go outside. It's going to be rainy and cold. You're not going to be able to go do anything on the field. Yeah, it's cold. I had to do all my workouts and everything. Yeah, I had to do all my workouts and everything in the gym. Oh, wow. My 40, my everything and stuff. Uh, so it was just crazy how that all panned out. And it worked out somehow. And they were just like, hey, I think we've seen, we've seen how he plays football player. Uh, you know, talking to my coach and everybody else, they knew I was a high character guy. Uh, I know trouble, stuff like that and everything. They knew... You know, from watching and talking to my coach, you know, leadership was there and everything. And it was just crazy how my agent, Fred Lyles, you know, had his, his connections. And it was just a major preaching point. Like, this guy is not what you're used to coming from a tiny school. He's got the it factor, I guess, uh, that you guys may be looking for. And I ain't take a chance on him. You know, and it's just funny hearing that, uh, talking to, you know, some some player personnel guys and everything before the draft. A lot of them were like third round, fourth round. I was like, okay, dang, I didn't think it was going to be a high, but okay. Hey, you know what <laughs> Yeah, 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 all, yeah. Right. Draft, all right. Yeah, and dra yeah, draft weekend come, and I go seventh round. And I literally wrote down every person's name that got drafted before me, the whole draft. So all 215 guys that got drafted before me, their names got wrote down in a notebook, <laughs> team that drafted them. Everything. So, as you can see, all this, 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 this fire and everything, this chip on my shoulder that's developing. Because I'm pissed at this time, honestly. Yeah, I'm literally yeah. just fuming because I'm like, really, that guy would be that that guy would be before. Not saying anything about that certain person, but in my mind, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm better than that guy. I've, I've, I think I've shown on film I'm better. But okay, you know, I'm coming from a small school. Not a problem. Pride so was I went climbing with in. Two yeah. chips on my shoulder when I get the training camp. Oh wow. Yeah, so that that my mindset was everybody was like, hey man, you got a good chance of, you know, making the fifty three. That that wasn't even even remotely in my mind. 
I said, I never wanted to make the 53. I wanted to be one of the guys on the field producing and helping the team win. That 53 is just, you know, that's, that's the roster spot. I, roster spot has never been in my mind. Right. To me, that's not even, that's underachievement. Yeah. That's underachievement. Like, people can always say you can overachieve. I can't even be on a no team. Thing <laughs> overachieving. Yeah, as I said, there's no such thing as overachieving. That's called reaching your potential. Said, now, you can underachieve. You can underachieve, but you cannot overachieve. There's no such thing. Yeah, uh, underachieve yourself, right. Yeah, it's goal yourself yourself. It's goal for us at myself. Yeah. That's where you think you can go, not where you assume you can go. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that was always my mindset. Well, that's we see those guys... We we see those guys come into buds all the time, right? In our training program, where it's like, you know, they they're they they there's an expectation that they're going to do the bare minimum, that they're going to you know just skirt by, right. that they're just gonna they're going to do enough to just make it, and they all quit, they all go away, they all break mentally, and it's just it's remarkable that you know when people are in that you know in that spectrum of performance that they can allow themselves to lower that standard or 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 adjust what, what yeah. the, the, the performance threshold needs to be to well, be successful. They didn't want it bad enough in the first place because when the pressure right. is applied is when all that stuff starts going away. You start peeling away. And then what he was talking about earlier, we can get to this later if you want, but hit me at the national championship. Eyes on, I mean, you know what the end game is. Just like we knew graduation was the end game, right? Yep. But you can't focus on that the entire time. Right. You lose yeah. sight of it. So all I need to focus on is this push-ups I'm doing right here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And eventually, if, once I do enough push-ups, pull-ups, I'll, I'll get to the end game. Time will, will dictate that. Yeah, exactly. So, Patrick, now you've been drafted. Your seventh round. You're, you're, that pride has climbed into your mind a little bit. It's, it's gnawing at you. You got that chip building. What happened? How did you shake it? What happened next? And how did you end up earning that spot, you know, playing for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, yeah, I think, I think one thing I had was, like, I've always had, like, the old school mentality. You know, coming from yeah. a small school, you know, we had, we had three days. or one, two days. We had three days. <laughs> Texas Heat. Awesome. So, so, you know, it, it was like, and then I had probably the best coach, what I'll consider, you know, best coach as far as, getting the most out of his players by knowing how to connect with the players and pushing buttons, Bill Parcells. Wow. So that was excellent that I had him my first three years in the league because it laid the foundation of what you needed to do in order to be successful. And I had great veterans ahead of me. You know, I had Terry Glenn and I had Keyshawn Johnson as my receivers when I came in. And TJ, TG, Terry Glenn, made it a point because Parcells told him, he said, wherever 83 goes, <laughs> I better see 84 right behind him. <laughs> so, wherever, so, so wherever Terry went, I better have been right there behind him if Parcells was going to be there. He better see me coming in right behind him or right next to Terry. I've heard that about uh, Coach so he, Parcells. He, he, He's that type of coach. Well, all those players, man, and that, they, they brought him in somewhere because of that. They were like, yeah, man, players just yeah. respond to him real well. Well, he's got the he, wooden he, he perspective, right? Yeah, he's yep. got. I mean, he's he cut. He, he's cut from the John Wooden class of coaches. Is that yes. you know you yep. take the you take the player, you know you escalate and you pull as much as humanly possible at that player. Now yep. they might not be the superstar. They might be the you know the spot player. They might be you know the off the bench player. They might be whatever. Right. But they will in that yeah. space. They will perform at their highest capacity, and that's remarkable. Yeah. So we can see what the talent was, and, and that's what it was, and that's exactly what it was. 
Yeah, he, he's got that knack for bringing it all out of you and, and making you hit your potential. He's never he's not going to let you underachieve. If you're going to underachieve, he's not going to have you around at all because if he sees something in you that at that point maybe you're like, God dang, shoot, you know, whatever. If he sees it in you, he's going to bring it out of you. So either you're going to step up to the plate or you're going to sit in the dugout and watch everybody swing. You know, that's, that's, wow. that's just the way it was. And then the way he connected – because whenever we would have our conversations out on the field sometimes, whether it was like, say, it's special teams period, we wouldn't even talk about football. He'd ask me about things in life. You know, how you doing, kid? You know, what kind of car are you driving now? Like, Coach, I got a truck. What kind of truck you got? Nice truck. It's a nice truck. Hey, hey, don't, don't, don't go around here blowing your money on all that fancy stuff. You haven't made any money yet. Take your time. It's going to be all right. You know, be good. Take care of your family. You know, so if you got a girlfriend, you know what? Yes, sir. You know I do. Okay. Well, you know how she dealing with the, you know, with the with the change and everything. I'm like, well, first time I've heard. You know, I thought about how like you know the significant wow. other is dealing with you know playing and you know dealing with being a professional athlete. Significant other. It's like, okay, wow. We're not even talking about football. So that's when it came to you're not even thinking about football and feeling depressed. You're just out there playing now. Yeah. He takes it yeah. off you because he he understands the the humanistic perspective of of all the pressures yeah. of being a professional athlete. Well, he's, ultimately he yeah. was the, he was he was the the leader on the field because what what that does is it takes all the pressure off of the players and puts it right on yeah. him. So as, as a good coach, it, I mean it. that's what he's doing. He's walking around, he'll see that pressure somewhere. Military leaders do that as well. Well, great skippers, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I, exactly. I had a I, I mean, I remember my first skipper at SEAL Team One. He's a former damn Nick guy and. He would come out and we'd do these uh, mock training missions or these FTXs. And he would, next thing you know, they're getting ready to jump out of a C 130. And the guy in the last guy in the stick and the line jumping out, he'd turn around. And there's the CO, the skipper, all jocked up, wearing, carrying a belt fed machine gun. And he's going to jump in as just like he's a door kicker. And that kind of camaraderie, the awareness of what guys are going through and the ability to, to propel performance in all those ways. It made our team better. It um, made it more cohesive and right. that we knew he was carrying the burden. Oh, and uh, the ghetto was standing there when uh, half a leg got shot. Right. And I come running up there, and, th- and my skipper's standing right over the top of me. He goes, let's see what you got, kid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God, I hope you took all the pressure, skipper, because, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's yeah. good. And he just stood there like he should. Yeah, I mean, that, cool. that, in the face of someone, you know, someone just got shot and was dying. He's just standing there, let's see what you got. That's cool. Well, Patrick, when when you get those great mentors, because not only the co- your coach, but also, I mean, working with the guys that you had around you. I mean, these are some of the legends of 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 Dallas Cowboy football legends in the NFL in terms of receivers. What kind of messaging were they teaching you that then you know you've kept with you, and now you may teach young kids or whatever? What were those core messages that they were sharing with you? Their, their biggest thing was they showed me how to be a professional. What it took to prepare on the field is more important that you had to do off the field to be ready to even step in between those white lines. You know, it's it's, it's the small little stuff. Make sure you take care of yourself eating-wise and in the weight room and cold tub and treatment and everything you had to do, film study, everything. The, the It's the little bitty stuff that a lot of – you know, people never hear about and never gets talked about and preached about, you know, on radio or anything like that. It's the small stuff you do. So they, they taught me how to, you know, Wednesdays and Thursdays were our long days. 
So Wednesdays and Thursday nights after I left the complex uh, from watching practice and everything and stuff, I would take our DVDs that they would make for us, and I would go home another hour, hour and a half, and just watch film with the opponent. Cool. It was all about knowing you got to know your opponent better than he knows himself, so you know exactly what to expect when he lines up across from you. So nothing comes at you as a surprise. And then you can go out there, you can just play football. You ain't got to do all that thinking. You can go out there and play football. Okay, this will be good. We got third, we got third and seven. You know they like to do this. They bring a certain blitz. They're going to play this defense on third and seven. Bam. These are the plays that we got in our play sheet for this week against third and seven. That's what we think about thinking. So a lot of times we'd be in the huddle, and I would know what play was going to be called by down and distance a lot of times. And when he would start to play, I would finish the play. Me and Whit, no lie. We would finish the play most of the time. We finished the play back then. We already been breaking the huddle. And we'll do We're going to communicate with the other. So that film study that I learned and how to, 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 to dissect defenses, I was able to pass it on to guys younger than me that were coming in. I'd be like, hey, watch this right here. That's what they do on this certain play. On this right here, this is what they're going to do. Watch this guy right here. That's what he does. If you see his feet do this stuff right there, watch him because he may be trying to quick jam you. He's doing this, watch him because he's either going to try to fake quick jam and he's going to bail. What they're gonna do on this defense? Watch the save that they like to rock and roll. So it's just, it's just, it's just so much stuff you got to put into it and everything to prep yourself to be great. Well, if, if if the guy who the senior guy who's been around does something like that, and you said the, the new guys, the rookies coming in, man, that's the standard. They don't know any different, yeah, right? You're coming that's, in that's, pros, that's man, that's, and that's yeah. how you make the team better, right? That's how the team mm-hmm. gets better. All it takes is one a guy like you to slip into the team, even if, there, if no one else did that, and start passing it down to the new guys, and then it it, it just then it's standard. Yep, that is the standard. Well, and and the cool thing, I think, like playing for the Dallas Cowboys or being a SEAL, you know, there's the legacy that's that's attached to it as well. So you're not going to, you're not, and the expectation of the organization, you know, they demand that prep, you know, that prep work, that commitment level. You know, in our world, you know that the 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 standard for us are all the guys that we've lost, and and all the guys that have you know done the amazing things that they do. Our friends that are you know multiple bronze stars winner, silver stars winner, Navy Cross winners, all that. You know, that's the standard by that we have to adhere to, and when that can stay and that becomes a focus part of the culture. It, you know, that really drives, uh, you know, the overall objective. Did you feel that as a Dallas Cowboy? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, growing up in it, you, you, you understand the folklore almost that comes with wearing the star on your helmet. You're held to a higher standard maybe than some other franchises that don't have that history. Right. So whenever you put that star on, that star just attracts attention. So you are rehearsed on knowing that whatever you do, wearing this star for the Dallas Cowboys is going to be magnified two, three times more than, say, a Jacksonville Jaguar or a Cleveland Brown or someone that's in a smaller mark is going to be magnified Miami Dolphins. that much more. Miami Dolphins. <laughs> 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 it's going to be magnified that much more. So you had to be very cognizant of what you did outside of the complex outside the field, whenever you were doing interviews, everything, it was going to be magnified. So you had to be careful to do what you had to do uh, and kind of walk a line. Oh, as soon as you put that star on, you're a diff- you're identified as a different person. You're a Dallas Cowboy. Hands down. I mean, that's it. Yep. yep. Uniform yep. all, man. That's, that's when... Uh, <laughs> 
When they reference them, it's, oh, that's Dallas Cowboy. But you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wherever they're at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, I got a question for you. Did you ever, you know, I, you know, because you always hear the folklore about, you know, making it to the NFL is one thing, but staying yeah. in the NFL is an totally different different Wait. animal. Did you ever, as in as you hit that point where you're like, all right, I'm here, I can relax, I'm here. I've made it. I'm over that hump. I'm, you know, and did you ever hit that or did you just keep the focus and the drive and the commitment level? What, what, or did you catch yourself at any time, you know, having that ebb or flow? I, I approached every season like I was going to get cut. Wow. Every year. Every year, that's how I approached the training camp. That's how I approached every training camp. I, I could be getting cut. I could be getting cut right now. He was like, dude, you, you, you pressing, you pressing and just, God dang. He said, you do everything great and everything. You're going to be good, man. It's me. I got to wear Nah, but I said, they always bring in someone new, someone new, because they look and try to replace somebody. Right. Every, Every year. year. That's, the purpose. That's the purpose of the draft. I said, I don't get younger. No. I said, the people behind me are always younger. Every year I get older, they bring in a younger guy. That's every year a guy has on me age-wise. I said, I have to know what I'm doing mentally and keep training harder and harder each year so I can stay ahead of you guys. Yep. Because mentally, you guys can't challenge me and will never be that way. So Interesting. I have to, I have to, men, mentally, I got to be stronger than you guys because that's how that's my edge over you guys. You guys may be faster than me or whatever, stuff like that, but mentally, you can't touch what I can do on this field. Uh, I mean, we were talking earlier, you watch the pros differently now that you are a pro. I, I would imagine, and you watch college football for fun, I would imagine if there's somebody playing college ball that yep. plays your position and that is really, really good, you'd be watching that a little differently, too. I am, too. Yep. With the college player? Yeah, the college player, yeah, because that's up and comer. You yeah, can yeah, see yeah. them. Oh, you know, yeah. In our community, we can't. We have no idea who's coming. No, <laughs> no, no. We, we, they, all, they show up at the <laughs> team. and you watch watched it through for four yeah, years, but, man, but, coming but, up. Yeah, but our, you know, our, our thing is, I, it's you know when you're in a platoon you got a guaranteed spot right well not a guaranteed spot but you got a spot in the platoon and the draft isn't coming right you're going to get a small group of new guys it's your deal to train them up but it's not like they're going to oh take, you may not even get them yeah, you, right. yeah you're, they're yeah. not going to oh, uh, you, you know yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, exactly. see, the new guy isn't going to come take your position as the head sniper right whereas for Patrick. That new guy, which is crazy because of how much experience he has. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't even weigh in. It, but now that we, I've never even thought about it like that. I mean, he's got to be on the team, yeah, five six years putting out every season. Some kid comes up underneath him. That experience doesn't really. And they spend and they spend twenty million dollars or whatever yeah. crazy number yeah. it is. They mean twenty million dollars. Yeah. I promise you, I can run faster. Ha, <laughs> I, 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 what? I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so as you as you did progress in your in, in your career and you, and you made the move over to San Diego, did the pressure change? Did your mindset change? Did anything change, or or did you still say, uh, you know, I, I'm here. I'm going to give you everything I have, no matter what. Twenty four seven, man. Twenty four seven. Mindset stayed the exact same. New team means just a new challenge. And now you know what. Oh, okay. What I, what I was doing that this other team knew what I could do and everything. This team here, even though they traded for me and brought me in, they still might not know exactly what I can do because everything can look different on film. When you get somebody in public in front of your face day to day. Could be something different. You know what? Now, now I got to get even more focused right now. 
Because now I got to see that and show them that whatever they traded for and brought me in, it was worth them trading for me to bring in. Oh, we have that. I mean, in our community, too, you leave one team and go to the other. They know where you yeah. came from. And there's a reputation yeah, behind exactly. every team. And if you fall, depending on where you fall in, if you haven't helped you, you fall in the middle of a workup or after a workup with us. I mean, the respect, <laughs> you have to earn that respect in a, in a short amount of time. And it's the same way with you. Right. I would imagine there's a reputation that follows being a Dallas Cowboy. And then when you get to the team, you have to deal with that reputation on top of pre- you have to prove yourself, right? Again, you got, start from scratch. Yeah, it doesn't matter what came with you, man, because all them guys in that team are, are are jockeying for it too. So yeah, right. So what one of the great things that I love a lot, uh, you know, because there is a a, a lot of negativity that uh, kind of confronts. Uh, whether it's professional athletes at the highest level of their game separating and going into civilian life, whether it's in our world in the special operations community, it's a, it's an ex, it's a it's a challenging transition. How has that transition been for you? And what did you do in terms of? All right, you know that's done. I'm going to redirect my focus into becoming an entrepreneur to working with charities. How, how how did it happen for you? And what advice can you give? to other athletes that are doing it or to military personnel or, or to even people at the performing at the highest level in their career transitioning into another, what great advice can you give them, Patrick? I, I think that the, the most thing is if you realize that whatever profession you're in, that and especially with the one I was in, that this is not going to last forever. The vets taught me this, you know, at a young age, uh, coming in that this ain't going to last forever. When you start playing a few years and everything, start thinking about what you're going to do after it. Start prepping for that. and Start preparing for that while you're still playing. So when you get done, you move in from the football field, to the office, or to wherever you're going to go into. Uh, you're already kind of prepared and you're kind of mentally ready to be like, okay, this one is done, next chapter. So business doesn't stop. You know, you're still going to have that daily grind and you're still going to have that same mentality about, you know what, this is what I got to do to keep taking care of my family and providing for my family. And we we just naturally as athletes and, and whatever you're in, uh, men, we just naturally have a more competitive nature than women. So men, we, we, yeah. we compete. We're going to compete or whatever. I don't care if it's a spinning contest or, or anything. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. We're going to compete. So now... I had to take the same mentality from the football field that I'm going to keep competing. And this is something I want to do because that drive, you just can't turn a drive switch on and off. A drive is a drive. Yeah. It, it, it has you. It has you going. It, it steers you. It's what, it's what that drive still pushes, still pushes. Take that drive that you had on that football field and put that same passion, that same work ethic into whatever you want to do once football is done. And if you still have that same drive that right. you had on the yeah. football field and you apply it to the regular nine to five stuff, you'll still be completely successful and, c- and keep continuing to, to be the same person that you are. Cause it can't change regardless of the first, it can't change who you are because you're still going to always be that person. But if you still have that same drive, you won't change, change what you're doing. Like, you know, yeah. yeah, you just change what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, perfect, man. I, I, you realize like there's, there's two types of people, right? There's the special people who can do anything and then there's, uh, they're gifted, I guess. And then yeah. there's the ones that have to have the work ethic. And it's important to remember yeah. the, 
all that drive, whether it's gifted or it's a work ethic, as whatever you're doing during your young adult life, being a football player or a Navy SEAL, it's that's just what you're doing. You are that already, right? It's, it's, yep. that it's eth- coming out of you. That gift and that ethic, you, it's all pushed on one thing. So remember, when you get out, that part's not gone. And uh, the problem is a lot of people like to shut it down because they call it a problem. Yep. Uh, they label it like right. uh, that, you know, uh, square, it's called square it away. You, yeah, know what yeah, I mean? you yeah. can focus it on something. Yeah. So take all that drive that you use to become the best Navy SEAL or the best football player and apply it into whatever right. it is. You, you Anything. Because you can, I mean, you can be a professional football player your entire life or a Navy SEAL. You can be trained to do anything or to, and take right. anything for that matter. So just remember, I mean, you ought to have a smile on your face when you when you come out of those fields, just like, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to do good at it. Awesome. That's it. That's, that's exactly it. That's the exact mindset you got to have. You know, you got to know, hey, the day, the day, the day doesn't stop just because it becomes nighttime. It's going to start back over the very next day. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, Patrick, thank you so much. Uh, that wraps this segment up. We we're, we really appreciate it. We're looking forward to getting you on in the After Actions Report and uh, so you can tell everybody the how-to of your approach with your everyday, your performance. Uh, we just can't thank you enough for spending time with us here on the Team Never yeah, Quit Podcast. Great. So thank you very much, Patrick. Man, I, I, I thank you guys. Man, you guys are great, wonderful. I appreciate what you guys have done for our country, man, and other Navy SEALs as well as all the armed forces, you know, because without the the work that you guys put in, nothing would I ever done would ever been possible and nothing, you know, as far as the liberties that we have, uh, wouldn't be possible at all, man. We still get to enjoy life every day. And every day I'm six feet above instead of six feet below. And a lot of that has to do with you guys. So I thank you guys and I really, really appreciate it. Amen. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. What I love about that guy is how he proves the never quit attitude can shift on a dime. He literally hit that point. He had messed up. He couldn't keep his grades. He was distracted. He was selfish. All of a sudden, he finds the Lord, finds Christ, boom, shifts his entire life and gets dedicated to go to the highest possible level. You hear me say, uh, there's those guys out there you can just stand next to and learn a lot from. They totally. don't have to say anything. And Every year when I go down to Florida, down at Exost, and and the combine kit guys are coming in to go into the show, man, it's it's guys like this that that come down and mentor them. I mean, the really? Whole, oh yeah. What's that I, like? I mean, oh, I just like being a part of it, watching it unfold, and then after doing it for I think 10, 11 years now, man, I'm integrated in kind of the mental coach. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's I go down there for my own physical therapy, but we we. Oh, we work out with each other, and we live in the same area. We eat together and stuff like that. So it, over the years, all the military guys coming in, and then you got these professional athletes down there working together and watching that unfold and watching how, how, how those guys get ready for that that combine. Because it, it is, man. There's a difference. I mean, you got the best players out of college are, are going into the pros. Right. We were saying what the difference yep. in that was, man. It's such a high level. And even the mental game changes. I mean, everything has to be – at the at the highest level, just to even to get in there, to and even get was, looked at, and, and it was, it's, it's because of guys like this that come down, like Patrick, that see past just being a player. We were talking about our careers as seals, man. There's an end game, can't yep. be one forever. Same way with sports, athletes, and to to have as much fun as you possibly can while you're playing, then understand there's something after that that you have to go do. Then uh, it's uh, that's man, that's just just priceless information. 
Yeah, it is. So, uh, you know, we always like to close the show out and and say thanks to everybody. So, Marcus, who are you thankful for in your life? And uh, I like to thank the good Lord for giving me my abilities. You know, my friends for helping me find them. Uh, thank you to my wife. I love you very much. And uh, hey, thanks to all the the athletes out there that get up every day and go through that grind, man, and push through all that pain and, and suffering just to. Uh, to give us those Sundays, right? <laughs> I love it. I'm I'm thankful for the Lord, and I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for you, Wizard Marcus, for giving me the opportunity to do this show with you guys. And I'm thankful for being an athlete. I spent so many years of my life focused on that and, and having a, a, a deep, profound appreciation for what Patrick and all his brothers do out there and all the women out there at their highest level, too. I, I thank you all for providing that entertainment to us and, and the dedication, which translates to our listener. And I'm thankful to the listeners because what we're doing here is providing you an opportunity to hear the stories that to make the difference in people's lives so you can taste some of that never quit mentality and begin to apply it in your life if you want to hear more of those stories please visit tnqpodcast.com or go to itunes and subscribe to our show and have it on demand morning noon and nights just the team never quit podcast and you too can begin to allow that spirit that information to sink in so great stories can ignite the legend in you i'm out I'm out.